It is podcast time, hockey fans. Thank you for watching this Dan K. Show production presented by the Pueblo Bulls. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Dan K. Show. It has been both an easygoing and at the same time hugely busy last couple of months for everyone at the show. We have been kind of going a little everywhere, still putting the miles on, getting a little couple little road trips in here, doing some relaxing. One of us has improved his golf game significantly with the purchase of irons, not just from this decade, folks, not just from the 10s, right? Not just from the, the 90s like his old irons were, but actual, still-wrapped, brand-new irons. We're going to call him Mr. Irons. Dan, welcome to the show. How's your consistency? What's your dispersion? Let's talk for the le- the next three hours about the moment of inertia differences between uh, your old set and your new set. Let's do it. We'll leave our guests in the wings since they're not allowed to talk here until until we talk it to them and introduce them in. But Lucas, the iron game is on point right now. The big thing I've realized that's changed in the game of golf since 1988 when my clubs were built um, is that there's a lot more forgiveness in the game nowadays. I didn't realize how easy it was for everyone else <laughs> until I went out there and bought these new Callaways. The game's changed, Lucas. I've got people talk about buying a new set of irons. They get about 10 yards per iron. I'm getting between 20 to 30 per iron right now in my stock yardage. The game's changed. I'm hitting six irons off the tee on par fours and just striping greens. Got to watch out if you're playing against Dan K right now. There's trouble brewing. I know we're going to be heading up to Worcester, Ohio for a little bit of a charity tournament with the guys from the Oilers there. I just got an invite to be a part of uh, Team Charlotte Rush at the Carolina Premier Hockey event. I, I'm probably going to pass on that because of our guest today. They're, they're rivals, right? They're not going to want to hear me playing for Team Charlotte Rush. Lucas, we only play for Team Dan K. And the, the game's been good. It's been fun. I, I'll tell you this much, Lucas. You should, you should try it out. Try out playing with, with golf clubs that aren't 40 years old. <laughs> mine, mine are secondhand. They're only about 12 years old or so. But, you know, they say you get an extra yard or two of distance every every year from new technology. And when you put 30 years together, that explains a lot. And I'll tell you something else here, Dan. We're not just talking about new irons. We're not just talking about a new season. But what is a new season? It's shiny. It's new. What are new yeah. irons? Also shiny. New. Real good looking, real sharp looking, right? When you when you put them on a green, right, you know who else is is pretty sharp looking. You know who else is is pretty shiny when he gets this onto is a, a this hockey is rink. This a compliment of me. Thank you very much. It is not. It is oh. a compliment with our guest, Mister Rhett Vossler. Coach, this is one of my favorite people in the world. Go ahead, Lucas. I, I was going to say the same thing. You you went ahead. You knew what I was going to say. You stole my line. One of my most yep. favorite people in the world. Coach, welcome in now. Um, please introduce yourself by telling us who you are and also your handicap and average distance with a six iron. Gentlemen, I, uh, I'm speechless. That was incredible. Um, I think we should just cut it right there. And All right, well, <laughs> yep, we'll, uh, we'll cut that and use that for some promotion, and uh, I'm out of this. But uh, thanks, guys. No, it's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, Red Vossler, uh, assistant coach and goalie coach with Tampa Bay Juniors. Um, also, as far as golf, uh, I've only ever caddied. <laughs> so. That's all right. We could always use a caddy here. But, Coach, we look at what you do, and for the folks at home who haven't haven't met Rhett Vossler yet, for the folks around the country who are learning the junior hockey game or, or learning about their next steps, 
Coach Vossler, this is a guy who he is always at like a cool like 65, right? Or a 75. This is net this isn't he, he's calm, he's cool, collected on the bench, in his game, in life. One of my favorite people to bump into at the rink as we are around events around the country. This is a guy who's not only helping players on the ice develop their game, but he's helping them off the ice, finding their next step the same way that this show does with what we do. It's, he's got a similar mindset to us, right? It's doing the right things to help guys get to the right places for them. And, Coach, that's something I know we love that you champion. You, you work with Pelican Sports Group. You work with Tampa Bay. Let's start with the Tampa Bay Juniors, okay? This is a coaching staff. This is an ownership. This is a, the hockey minds in this room are impeccable. Philip Kuba, Brett Stroh, Garrett Stroh. You look at Kevin Walters. Look at yourself. Talk to me about the Tampa Bay Juniors. How has this super team come together in the player development world? It's a, it's, a, it's an interesting group. Um, you got a lot of different minds and a lot of uh, different experience, but uh, the Stroh brothers have obviously been at this for quite a while and in different facets of the game. So they've seen and experienced a lot, uh, whether that's Minnesota high school, you know, youth hockey there, Brett playing division one at the Minnesota or the Olympics, you know, so um, they've, they've got their experience. Kevin Walters, he's been in the game forever um, another minnesota boy and then you've got philip kuba who's just uh he's an all-star right like in every sense he, he's got stories for days and experience for days and a uh, phenomenal player in, in his time and now i would argue an even better coach yeah so it's, it's, a, it's a nice war room to kind of bounce ideas around and but it's also a lot of fun yeah, and you look at yourself here, Coach. I mean, you played a bit. We're going to play a fun game later. You you work in the European space, right? And you played in Iceland. You played in Sweden. Dan Kay, we play a game on our broadcast where Dan Kay tries to name a hometown, right? And sometimes we'll see one that's tough to say, and I'll go after it. We're going to try to name some of those teams that you played with. That's going to be a difficult one. But you look at yourself, Coach. You had success on the ice, right? Now you're having success off the ice as a coach, helping these guys get to the next level. How do you kind of blend together your experience with the skates on and, and turning that into being successful off the ice now, getting these guys through their journey? It all just comes back to experience and the different pathways to, to get to the level you want to get to. Um, you know, being a hockey player from Houston, Texas was not the most conventional path, right? So I didn't necessarily have uh, a coaching staff or advisors growing up that kind of knew what the path was or if there was a path. So it was kind of self-discovery and trial and error and obviously learn and take some lumps through that. And that's kind of what I'm able to pass along is what I've learned and maybe what not the right way is, but uh, the path that might give you a better opportunity. Yeah. And we look, Look at the Tampa culture, right? Champa Bay, folks are calling it. I mean, it, it was it was big enough where Dan K moved down to Palm Harbor, Florida, and, and got me down here. But you look at the hockey culture, the way it's changed, the way it's grown. Talk about coming from a market like Texas where hockey had to grow when Dallas came into town, right? Now, and now they're talking about potentially putting a team in Houston in the NHL one day. How fun has it been to be a part, hands-on, of the hockey culture growth here in Tampa and, and watching just what the lightning have done. And how has that changed what you're doing here with the Tampa Bay juniors? 
It, it's super exciting. It's um, it's it's amazing how much the game has grown here, and you continue to see it every single year. And, and now you got to think 10, 12 years from now after this cup run and a couple years that that's inspiring a whole nother generation that's going to come up that's going to be probably pretty special. You know, it, when you look historically in smaller markets after a cup, and you fast forward to 10 years or so, there's typically a player or two that come out of there that, that make it to a pretty high level just by being inspired and getting into the game from that. So it, it's really exciting. Um, and, you know, you've seen our facility several times, but it's not big enough. They're yeah. looking to expand. So it's pretty wild to say that four sheets of ice in one building in, in Florida isn't enough. Yeah, you never thought you'd run out of ice space, right? Like we've gone to we've gone to off markets like Kentucky, and I know they talked about the, the three sheets in the state, right? Like you can look at some of these places, West Virginia. There wasn't, there were talks about a team going to West Virginia in the past couple of years, and there wasn't a store to buy hockey equipment within the borders of the entire state of West Virginia. They had to drive up to Ohio to get skates, to get sticks, to get anything they needed. You look at how this game grows. What I love is. I love listening to people talk about growth being a bad thing, right? Growth, growth is bad. We can't, we can't keep growing. What for me, like, I look at it as the more markets we put this great game in, the more people might see it for the first time, right? The the more, the more kids might look and say, hey, maybe I want to strap on skates instead of kicking that soccer ball around or throwing that baseball or tossing that football. And it's it's so fun to introduce this game in the markets, Lucas. I know. I know you are, as a Jersey guy, you don't understand the beauty of Florida <laughs> hockey and you don't understand the beauty of, you know, being able to walk out to the pool anytime we want, you know? Yes, did a lizard break into my place the other day and knock a giant tub of Old Bay over and spill everywhere throughout the apartment and I had to get a butterfly net and catch a lizard and then toss it out of the building. A hundred percent, that happens from time and time again. But Lucas, I mean, as a guy who knows nothing about Florida hockey, what do you got for Coach Voss? <laughs> well, that's okay. We still get our, our fair share of, of pests up in New Jersey. I had a, a, a sentient piece of Capicola running through my apartment the other day. And that's uh, wow. <laughs> that's what you get when you live in Jersey. But uh, yeah, no, I think, I think you know, we've obviously talked about how much the, the we call them non-traditional, but I think that even that term's outdated now. It's their, their hockey markets uh, just the same as, as everywhere else. And I've seen how busy that Advent Health Ice Center is. I mean, you are, you're tripping over skaters of all ages. And that's, I think that's the craziest thing is that you have your casual people who come in, you know, just for kind of an open skate and, you know, strap on a pair of rentals. And then you've got, you know, kids as young as three, four strapping on learner skates to, to get used to the ice. And I think one of the most interesting things to see is how, how much younger the game has gotten. And coach for you, I mean, you have a perspective where you're not just, you know, not just training kids who are playing for Tampa Bay Juniors, but you've seen kind of the game grow a little bit. And I I think the one thing I always like to ask people with that much experience is, is there something that younger skaters can work on that will help them be successful once they start getting into either high school hockey, junior hockey, as they start getting into competitive hockey? Are there are a couple of things they should be focusing on. First and foremost to me is to have fun right even even when you make it to the nhl yes it's, it's a full-time job it's your career it's everything but if you're not having fun and enjoying it what's the point right and i think that applies all the way up 
through the ranks of you know a three-year-old putting on their first pair of skates to the end the the nhl um too many players and probably more specifically parents don't realize that it's a sport it's fun it's it's uh there's so many lessons you can learn off the ice by playing about you know teamwork accountability things like that that too many people chase the dream and, and what might be the the best fit for their kid and the best fit for your kid is where he's having fun right um aside from that play other sports that's that's a, a huge thing and that's why you know the swedes have so much success they don't have from april to august in the country it, it doesn't exist they play soccer they play other sports and that makes you a better more well-rounded athlete and it also renews that passion for hockey because when the season comes back around you're excited to get on the ice unfortunately you see kids that are they're on the ice two three times a day year round and while that may be fun you get burnt out at some point and i feel like that's inevitable when you're just after it every single day yeah you know i i sometimes think back to my my college roommate at Rutgers who loved playing guitar and so went to be a music major and in four months was burned out and stopped playing for a few months had to like hit the reset button switch majors and and learn how to, to enjoy playing again so i think that's fantastic advice and you know, I think it's something that we can all kind of take away as well is just this ability to kind of hit pause on some things and, and let's be excited to jump back into it. Uh, kind of like Absolutely. the Dan K show gets excited to jump back into every hockey season. I feel like we hit the hard reset button sometimes too, Dan. It makes those first couple steps a little difficult, but we get back up to speed. And so I always forget in the off season too that I promise Lucas will drive less. And then I usually start the year by planning a 4,000. Usually it's like a thousand mile drive. This time, Lucas and I are going to be driving about 4,000 miles in the first uh, two weeks of the season. So I might have missed the boat there, Lucas. I might I might have <laughs> might have went too hard with the factory reset. I think the memory got wiped, mm-hmm. and we're, we're kind of back on the road again for a little bit. That might be the equivalent of like a three-hour bag skate your first day back at the rink. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not sure if you guys have heard of uh, uh, airplanes, but those are options. Yeah, I, I see. I'm of the Madden ilk, you know, the Madden cut. Where I don't know if you've watched the John Madden documentary, but not, I mean, I don't, I don't hate a plane. But in a past life, I was on a plane a lot. Right before this, I was on planes just about all the time. And you know, one gets struck by lightning on the way to a stadium series game in Pittsburgh, and you, you stop thinking about, you know, maybe four tires on the ground is a little better than uh, two <laughs> in the air. You know, that's that's what I say sometimes. Yeah, what did our, uh, our our friend in aviation described it as a very expensive glider? Uh, he said I was basically on a paper airplane. <laughs> <laughs> I did. He goes. He works. He works. What is he? Aviation, NASA, whatever. And like, yeah. And he goes like, "Hey, do you want to understand the mechanics of what happened to you on that flight that you're so worried about?" And I went, "No, I don't think." No. He goes, "Okay, here we go." Digs <laughs> me through it, and he's like, "Basically, you had a great pilot. Just think about it that way." Because he said. There's normal things that should have happened that would have told you that the fail-safes were in place. But basically what occurred told you that those were certainly not in place. So I was like, good, Reassuring. good to know. Well, yeah, yeah. We, get, we, we get are certainly with... not sponsored by uh, airlines or Boeing or any of the, the airline <laughs> You know what, maybe companies. we should be. I, I feel very comfortable if we were, Lucas. Let's go get a JetBlue airline uh, a membership <laughs> here. But, Coach, 
what I what I always joke about, we talked about your guys' bench. I joked with Philip Kuba last year on a broadcast. So you and you and Garrett were dealing with an injured player off to the side of the ice, and I was on the ice doing an interview. So I went, Coach, I got this. Don't get too nervous. I know you got to take the helm here, but I'll I'll deal with it for you. And I told the folks up in the booth that between myself and my colleague on the bench here, Mr. Kuba, we've got 333 points in the NHL. Um, tell me, should I watch out for Coach Kuba going forward after that joke, or do you think he can take the joke? He, he can take a joke. He can give a joke. <laughs> he's, uh, he's a, he's a joke, sir. Um, but it's, it's, uh, you got to get to know him really well before you can understand his jokes. Sometimes yep. they come across as like, I don't think this guy likes me very much. But uh, no, he, he's like I said, he's an all-star. Now talk to me. You guys, you guys room together a bit on the road. Last yep. question about him here. I heard that the room temperature is an issue. Does he, yeah. does he keep the room warm? Is he a warm guy? Listen, I've listened, I've lived in Texas and now Florida uh, combined for 20 plus years. I've never been in a hotter place than his room. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps it at like 87. What? That's insane. That's no exaggeration. It is 87 degrees in this guy's room. But he's, he's like, check, he's used to cold winters. He's yeah. used to... I wanted, you know, to really break it down and get down to, to what was going on with him. Yeah. But then I realized, I don't think I need to know <laughs> who this guy really is. He's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a big dude. For those of you who have not met him in person on the road here at the USBHL, he is, you can tell exactly why he was so successful on the ice. And Rhett, you can tell why you were successful in net. You need an even kill mindset, right? Like, there's, there's got to be a, an even kill between Berzgalov and Hasek. There's got to be so, – and you fall in the middle of that spectrum, I think. And we kind of look at, at where you found your success coming out of Texas, playing this game. I mean, how did it all come together for you? And, and how did you find your way? You played out in Iceland. You played in Sweden. How did that all come together for you? How did you get out there? We'll give you the uh, condensed version of this. Otherwise, this will take weeks. Um, more or less, uh, I was kind of in a, in a phase where I was burnt out a little bit, um, going into my 16, yeah, 16, um, playing, just playing high school hockey in Texas. Um, oddly enough, I, I didn't make my high school team and, uh, high school hockey in Texas is so fantastic that there's a draft for <laughs> players that don't make their own team. So I uh, went into the draft and got picked up by another team and ended up winning goalie of the year for that. So it was a nice little uh, little shot of adrenaline and kind of picked me back up for a little bit. But then because of the ruling, um, I had to go play for my actual high school the next year. And I just didn't have the, the passion or desire to play for a team that didn't want me the year before. And, and I had grown so close to that team that I had played for the year before. So I just, I took a year off. And uh, so the summer, uh, summer after my junior year, I was just hanging out, didn't know if I was going to play again. And uh, a high school coach reached out and said he was taking a, a group of kids over to Sweden for a tournament and asked if I'd want to go. And I had to, it just, it felt like the right, felt like my calling. Like something was going to happen. Um, even though that wasn't, you know, the purpose of this, it was just a fun tournament. Uh, but I went over there and I did really well and I got offered a, a pro contract. 
for for the day that I turned 18, which is in October. So I came back to Texas, went to school for about a month and a half, and just waited for that day. I'll tell you what, you tore it up while you were out there. You look at those stats here, man. It's This wasn't a guy who just went from Texas and, and got a gig and, and was working through it. Like You went out there and you made things happen. In a little bit, I'll try to pronounce these team names, but I mean, you're talking about in 13-14, posting some, some 1.54936 action, making the playoffs. Like You're talking about some success in the net behind, like making this happen. Talk to my goaltenders at home, my netminders. We all know how hard it is, right? We all know we've all been to that tryout with 90 of us in a room, all in pads for two spots. We, we've been to that place. We shouldn't have to be in that place, and that's something I know Lucas and I work hard on. But we've all been there when we put those pads on. Talk to that player what should go through your mind as you're piecing together your junior hockey journey? Like how, how should I be looking at what are my, what are those benchmarks to know that I'm doing it the right way and I'm moving towards the right position? I think it's important to remember that not everybody has the same path. So I'm, I, I am a person that likes to set goals short term, long term. That way I know that I'm on the path that I, I think is correct for me, but don't look at somebody else's path and think that's the way it has to be, right? As long as you're getting better every day, you're putting in the work, things will happen for you. People will notice no matter where you are. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so it's, and, and that's the biggest thing is like, it's something I preach here in Tampa is that don't be the guy at the end of the year that looks back and says, I wish I just worked a little bit harder. Yeah. Leave nothing to chance. Come, put that work in, put everything up, and see what happens. That's that's what you owe yourself, right? No regrets. So, um, getting back to you know, kind of that path, and, and maybe you're at the tryouts and, and things like that. You've got to find something about your identity as a player on and off the ice that will separate you, and kind of get that extra attention. Um, for me personally, I was. I was pretty good at playing the puck as a goalie and very active. So that was, I know for a fact, that was why I got the job in Sweden is because they, at that time as a country, were not very good at that in the goaltending position. So I offered something different and that kind of set me apart. Maybe stopping the pucks. I was the exact same as a local guy that could have been cheaper, but I offered something different. So I think that's, critical in that situation and maybe it's maybe it's not that maybe it's being very vocal in the crease right letting your defenseman know you know kind of what you see and things like that um and maybe it's just being a fantastic locker room guy and a really high character person yeah i love it and that's it like we all have to find our niche we all have to find the thing that we are like and you look at it right now i mean for for us lucas when we see coaches, scouts from colleges around the country walking into buildings and they talk to us, it's the amount of times the word character comes up. When the Seattle Kraken made their first pick in the draft last year when they had an expansion draft, the word character came up. When the Vegas Golden Knights made their first pick in their expansion draft, character came up. Every year on the NHL draft, the NFL draft, the MLB draft, the word character comes up. And that, that word means something, right? It, it, it means something in a locker room. There, there is. People can argue numbers all they want in metrics, and that's important. It is. It is important to the game. But you can take the energy out of a locker room real quick, right? 
There, there's a guy named Cristiano Ronaldo in soccer that's looking for a place to play right now. And there's a lot of locker rooms that don't want to take him in, not because he's a bad guy at all, but his game doesn't mesh. He's almost too good at times, right? He's mm-hmm. almost The metrics are almost too good for Cristiano Ronaldo. And the thought process in the marketplace is, do I want to take 20 goals to replace that with having to find a way to fit him in? And, and that's something that we all look at. But, Lucas, before I get into some of the fun stuff here, I'm going to have uh, the Mount Rushmore of mustaches. Normally when we have broadcasters on, we do the Mount Rushmore of broadcasters. Coach, I want to talk to you. We, we've all got some pretty stellar mustaches here. Um, talk to me, Goose. Um, we're going to talk about the Mount Rushmore of mustaches. But, Lucas, before we get to the fun stuff, what, what do you got for Coach? You got anything left here? Well, I, I actually have something that might segue us into some fun stuff because I I have a question that I have been thinking about for a while, you know, watching on obviously the NHL playoffs and, and seeing the insane amount of, of skill that went on, seeing all the crazy bodies in front of the net. And there's a lot of rough and tumble action in the playoffs. There always is. So from your perspective, I guess the question is, what would you rather face? Would you rather face a team's skill guy in a breakaway situation, or would you rather face the absolute most heavy-handed rocket of a slap shot from the blue line with maybe one body in front? What's a what's a better scenario for you as a goalie? I'll take the skill guy all day. Um, it's something about that personal challenge, one-on-one, and you know that that's the guy, right? So mm-hmm. um, just mindset, like the to me, there's no pressure, right? He's a, he's a skill guy. He's supposed to score. So that kind of flips on him. And I, you just, just do your thing. Trust your instincts. I take that over, uh, getting hit in the head with a slap shot any day. That's I, I See, that's that. a guy yeah. who understands it. Luke, he understands the way he's working. <laughs> I tell you what, goal. dude, goalies, goalies are all head They're They're <laughs> all, all head, all intelligence, always trying to figure out the way to get through it. So guys, we normally do, I don't want to make anyone have to remember every guy who's ever had a mustache. So I've kind of done the job for us here. I've got five mustaches, and we are going to Dan Casio power rank these mustaches, okay, all together here. So first mustache, in honor of Top Gun, it's got to be Goose, right? So we're talking Goose's mustache. Second mustache, Tom Selleck, Mr. Baseball. Okay, Mr. Baseball, Tom Selleck, mustache. Third mustache, Wilford Brimley. Uh, from the diabetes commercials, Wilford Brimley. Yeah, that's that's a that's an interesting one. Uh, fourth mustache um, is going to be who did I have here? I had another mustache. I would say maybe we go with Hulk Hogan, the Hogan yeah. mustache. Okay, the Hulk. Um, do we have a fifth mustache here? Let me think. Um, fifth mustache, we can go. There's a legend. You're not thinking of hockey. Lanny McDonald. Ooh. Lanny, okay. So we're going McDonald. So let's go top five here. Who's got got the number five mustache of that group? Mr. Baseball, Lanny McDonald, Hulk Hogan, Goose. I mean, I'm leaning towards Hulk Hogan for number five. Yeah. I think it's Hulk because I think Brimley, Brimley's got the tagline. Like, Hulk's got too many taglines to go with that mustache. There's Wilford a heel Brimley. turn. It's it's too much. Wilford Brimley's like diabetes. You're always going to remember <laughs> Wilford Brimley everywhere you go. And, and Family Guy really just solidified oh, yeah. 
They solidified it with their work. So we're going to go Hulk at number five. Do we agree on that? Yeah. All right, number four, who do we got? You know, I think I think the I, I almost would put Goose at number four because I think I think Miles Teller's mustache that he rocked in the sequel was actually better than uh, I think the signature mustache of the sequel was better than the signature mustache of the original. You're sit. Wait, say it. Say Controversial. It you say that again. <laughs> You're gonna go after Goose. You're gonna tell me that Rooster is better than Goose. Like, I think it's a better all, mustache. Let's all just be honest here. The the beach scene, the guy had to tape it twice. So imagine doing that. I don't know if you guys have heard that story. But these guys had to go out, do that that beach scene, which was, I'm going to tell you what, for the first five minutes, wreaked havoc on my head when they were playing dual football against one another, going in two opposite directions with two footballs on the beach. I've never been more confused in my life about what was being done. I thought, oh, my God, this director doesn't know what football is. And that was that was a lot. That took me out of the movie for five minutes. It's like um, that three-team basketball they play now. They play with three teams simultaneously in a center hoop. They do it with soccer oh. too. Can we just stop it? Can we can we just <laughs> play the game? But no. Let, so Goose at number four. I'll I'll give you Goose at number four because our next three are legendary. Fine, we'll go with Goose. But I'm gonna I'm gonna put, take it to merit off of your everything <laughs> okay. show. That is a fine. That's a finable offense. I think number three, I would say Wilford Brimley at that point. I think that's where we go with Wilford. I think the hat takes away from it a little bit. I think that's fair. Because I think I think you look at you look at Lanny, what he had going on is very similar to Wilford, but a lot more success in the game of hockey, a lot more on brand of the Dan K show. And it was just that that's a dust buster right there. Damn. Like that that thing certainly that more was, hockey success than Wilford Brimley. Lanny McDonald is a human version of Mr. Red. Yeah, yeah. The red mascot, mm-hmm. literally, he just curled that thing up. I didn't put Raleigh <laughs> fingers on this either. I'm sure people will be upset about that. So let's go, Wilford. The question now: Tom Selleck, Mister Baseball, Lanny McDonald. Be sacrilegious for me to not argue for Tom Selleck. I think. Yeah, we know what your vote is. You want to talk about scenes that take you out of a movie? Tom Selleck, Mister Baseball bath scene. I don't know why it was necessary. <laughs> I don't know what that was i it took took me out of that movie as well for a little bit I, my mind was just like why did like we when we looked at the cutting room floor of mr baseball and we said hey it's a movie that's about an hour and 50 right now maybe let's get it to a cool 140 especially in a time where all movies were 130 why the five to ten minutes of that needed to stay off the cutting room floor <laughs> it didn't add to the plot line at all there's no real audio that there's nothing nothing is said in that scene that pushes the love relationship, the movie, the baseball, the mister, the Selick, none of it's none of it's benefited by the scene. It's crazy there, but I still would say I'd probably and yet, Tom Selleck number one. Tom Selleck number one. Yeah. Yeah. Also feel that, free to yeah. join us on our nine part Mr. Baseball rewatch podcast that will apparently <laughs> I would get into that. that I, the only movie that I won't ever rewatch podcast about is that new Batman movie because if they had to you want to talk about cutting room floor that movie's two hours and 30 minutes long and an hour 40 is motorcycle riding. Yeah. Joy bike riding. Like, what? Like okay. That's a bit much. What? Did Harley Davidson sponsor the movie? Like, what are we doing here? Like, I, I get it. First bike ride was cool. Cat bike ride, cool. Love seeing that. Awesome for both of them. 
We don't need to do the weird driving up and back and forth with each other on motorcycles for nine hours. Let's get back to hockey. Sorry, everybody. I got too fired up. All right, one more fun game for you, Coach. I'm going to try to announce, pronounce the places you played, and you're going to tell me how dumb I am. Okay, first one I can get. This is there, There's an umlaut over the O, starting off in Iceland with Jotnernir. That sounds about right. Yeah, um, that was uh, it. It was an odd situation because that was actually, even though it's the same league, or it was the farm team for the other team. Okay. So it was just a couple of weekends where I played with them. So you're getting used to Iceland, then playing with the farm team. You move on over to Vikingar. 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 Oh, you were close, though. I was close. Yeah, no, Honestly, I went for it. I could have went Vikingar, and that would have ruined it. <laughs> Next up, we get a little more difficult. Here you had a 292 goals against the boys were buzzing right here. Boys were absolutely buzzing. By the way, Vikingar, no big deal, 13 games, 1.54936. Just nothing but stellar. So you move on over here. I'm buying some time. Yeah, yeah I know where this is going. Skotafalag Alkuriar. Very close. Squitaflog. 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 Keep adding ours. Just, <laughs> Just keep going. <laughs> All right. Then you move on to Sweden, and this is where we start talking about handling the puck, right? We've seen Swedish goaltending for years. For those of you who have watched the Olympics, who watch the World Championships, it's a deep in net style, right? They, they know how to stop the puck. They know how to play the puck. The pads are quick. And, and that, that Canadian style of get out and skate it, right? Get out and play that Martin Brodeur is something new to the world. You go over there, you're dominating, 263-921. North Joe Hockey Club. Again, close. Uh, well, maybe not. Nuhua. Nuhua? Basically, it it's, yeah, it's, really? uh, it's, uh, the J is... Kind of the S and the J make kind of a H ish. Okay, say that one more time. Nuhua. Nuhua. Okay. Wow. Okay. Next up, this depends, has to be. Sorry, depending no, where ahead. you are in the country. If you're mm-hmm. in the north, it's pronounced that way. If you're in the south, it would be more like Norhua. The okay. R is a little more pronounced. So, okay, so there are similar to here in America where we've got uh, tobacco and we've yeah. got tobacco and we've got sorry, tobacco. Um, <laughs> exactly. We got yeah, bro, tobacco. Really, this we've is got just, it all. This we've is just Dan all. practicing for another another year of players uh, on line sheets yep. that he's going to have to figure out. <laughs> I think I just was inspired by Wilford Brimley, but um, all right, one more Bowden's. Bowden. Buda? Buda. Budens. It's such an interesting it's such an interesting language over there, and it's so tough to learn. I have I have not there's so many different noises that come out of the language that we yeah. don't have here. And I know we have things like I like you could step on a mine, that could be mine, you could be mining, you could be and it's all different words. Like I understand that's crazy enough with our language. But it's you, you never realize how tough it is to learn a language when you go to different countries. For the guys that come over internationally to play here, for guys here that go over to play internationally, it's got to be a different world. Last question dealing with Sweden, how was the McDonald's? 
They they have their own version. Um, of course, they've got McDonald's, but they've got a place called Max, and it is ten times better. Just Ooh. high high level fast food. Plan trip Siri. Plan trip to Sweden. Exactly. <laughs> we cannot drive there though, so no, it so. might be a problem. <laughs> the Muppets traveled by map across the ocean. So don't don't tempt me. I'll figure it out. But Coach, I love it, man. Thanks for having some fun with us here. We. As we kind of come towards the closing here, we do this every time, but we, we get to our parting words. So start thinking about those. But before that, I want to just talk to you real quick about Pelican Sports Group and some of the work you guys are doing there, what you guys have going on. Kind of enlighten the folks here, some of the young athletes watching right now and families about Pelican Sports Group and, and what you guys do there and what you got going on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've, we've got a group, uh, the four of us, that kind of like uh, the TBJ room have a little bit of diverse backgrounds all within the game. Um, myself, you know, being overseas for a, a few years and kind of coaching at the junior level, I've picked up a few things here and there, hopefully. Um, we've got uh, Gavin Morgan, who is the director of player personnel for Shreveport in the North American League. Um, also worked with Alabama Huntsville. Um, Nick Lorla, who was director of player personnel and, and operations at Alabama Huntsville and Michigan Tech. Um, and, and we also have Mike Lucan, who is the former marketing director at USA Hockey. So we've got a pretty well-rounded group, I think. Um, and we're trying to tackle the hockey scene and as a whole, right? Um, grassroots efforts with, with camps and development for, for kids moving into junior and beyond. Um, advising and things like that. Um, we work on NIL deals. Uh, for college athletes and and also once once college days are over we're we're there to help you to to move on to the pro ranks whether that's stateside or in europe absolutely love it it's it's important folks i mean obviously this is a crowded marketplace in in hockey and and even in youth sports nowadays and high school sports where there there's recruiters and, and everybody out there tells you they can help you, right? And and I always just caution folks to know the person, right? Not the business model, not the plan, not the not the story you're getting, but trust the person that you're talking to, right? We can we can all walk into the room and know when a car salesman's selling us a car. And we can all walk into a room and know when there's someone genuine who's been through the experience, who's had the ups, had the downs and, and been through it all that that wants to actually help us. And Rhett, you're somebody who we know champions that and we love watching you do what you do. We love working with you. There's nothing like watching a Tampa Bay win and getting the uh, the, the absolutely electric Rep Foster thumbs up. That's <laughs> <laughs> all it is, gentlemen. It's just and a, usually, usually you're yeah. upset. Usually you're more upset when you guys win than when you guys lose. That is another thing. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a certain standard that I hold the guys to. You know, what I mean, I, we expect a lot, and sometimes a thumbs up is eh, we'll take it. <laughs> it's all about coach parting words here we get to the end of this lucas always skips his kind of kind of talk to the players at home uh, how do you want to close this thing out maybe about tampa about pelican what, what do you want to talk about here what are your parting words i want to talk about you guys Ooh, and what okay. you guys are doing oh no lucas we're in trouble We've been caught. <laughs> yeah no i uh obviously a huge fan of what you guys do and, and I, I think um you don't get the the notoriety to the certain level that you deserve. Um, you guys are the biggest champions for for junior hockey and junior hockey players, and 
Um, a lot of guys see it as, you know, just fun and it's a little bit of exposure and things like that, but you guys actually truly care about the players in the game and in the development. And I think more people should know about that. Coach, you are the bomb, seriously. And, and we look at it, my parting words today, let's go to none other. There are a lot of young folk on this call right now, a lot of hip folk. I'm going to use the childish Gambino for this one. And I'm going to go to, if it makes you nervous, you're doing it right. And that's something to kind of think about, right? You, you talk about coach yourself going overseas to Iceland and Sweden as a young athlete from Texas. I'm sure that there were times where you were nervous, where you weren't sure how you'd fit in, how the puzzle pieces would go together. For all of our athletes out there, it's okay to take that jump. It's okay to take that leap if we, even if we don't know the net's there sometimes when we're trying to take that next step, right? We have to take chances to make big moments happen, to make big things occur, and to make changes in our career. And, and that's something that's exciting for Lucas and I. I know it's something that's exciting for you, Coach Fossler, and for all of you at home, we let you know that we're always there for you. You can reach out with questions at www.danthshow.com. It's the most watched show in junior hockey. Guess what? We got some sponsors to talk about real quick. Does your partner snore on the road? Yes, Rhett Vossler might have the problem of too hot of a room. But if Coach Kuba did start snoring, we'd have the answer for him. What would be the answer, Dan? Remastered Sleep. We work with these guys. Remastered Sleep. They are from Minnesota. How about that? You betcha they're from Minnesota. And this is a group that has figured out and revolutionized the stop snoring game. With just a sip, you can stop snoring. Stop snoring with just a sip. It's remasteredsleep.com. You can get 10% off at checkout with Dan K. Show 2022. Also, you can have your next meal. You're having that summer dish for guys like us in Florida every day summer. Sprinkle a little celly salt on your next meal. Celebrate like the hockey moms of Michigan and take a Michigander at the best seasoning in sports, Selly Salt. Go to SellySalt.com to find out more. Do you need the trick to help your body? Well, these guys know about it in Tampa. Body Trick. Go to Body-Trick.com to find out more about them. We have some big stuff coming at you this year. We've got an outdoor game in a warm climate that Dan Kay and Lucas will be calling from a baseball stadium with two hockey teams. We've got a cup full of hot dogs in the north. We've got a surfboard we might hand out. Is there going to be an entire cup of Capicola? I don't know. You'll have to watch this season on the Dan K Show to find out just how crazy the Dan K Show Cup Series gets presented by the Dan K Show. We thank our guest, Rhett Foster, for joining us this week. Keep watching Spotify, iTunes, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to the most watched show in junior hockey, the Dan K Show, presented by the Pueblo Bulls. For more information about The Dan K Show, head to www.dankshow.com.